Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolf alongside Nick Wright, Brandon Marshall, yes. Kevin Wilds. Big, big day yesterday. The Kansas City Chiefs doling out their Super Bowl rings. And if I'm not mistaken, Ooh. in years past, they usually set aside a couple of rings for diehard yeah. Chiefs fans with oh, interesting hair who wear orange sweatpants and co-host a morning. Uh -huh. Did you? I got mine. Let, I was going to wait, but let's see. Go for it, buddy. I don't want to brag. I'll bring it out later. You do. I'll bring it out later. Don't. It'll my I'll bring it out. Then I'll have to bring out my six. All right. It's too much. Something to look forward to. But who's bragging? We start with last night's big game seven, Jazz Nuggets. What a crazy last 10 seconds as you're watching it unfold here. Utah with a chance to pull it out coming up just short so disappointing you can see it on their faces after a brilliant series a brilliant bubble performance out of Jamal Murray and out of that guy right there Donovan Mitchell in the end though Denver would prevail 80 to 78 that's how close it was your final the Denver Nuggets now move on to face the Clippers tomorrow night all right, Nick, this was a Nuggets team down 3-1, fought Tomorrow. their way back into this series. How impressive were the Denver Nuggets? Well, it, it, listen, it's a spectacular comeback. It, you know, we've only had a dozen of these in the history of the NBA. And I'm a fan of all 3-1 comebacks because it reminds you of the most recent 3-1 comeback okay. prior to this one, which is the greatest moment in sports history. But... More importantly than the 3-1 comeback, almost more importantly than the Nuggets moving on, is how this game ended. The, I, I'm still in shock over what we saw. You have Donovan Mitchell's having an all-time first round get back-tapped by Gary Harris. All of a sudden, it looks like, oh, my God, Nuggets are going to be able to run out the clock. And then Jamal Murray, who's having an all-time first round of his own, I don't think it's a horrific mental error. But it's a mental error. He's a 90% free throw shooter. Pull it out, make him foul you. And then this play right here by Mike Conley, I don't know if folks <laughs> understand what that almost was. We have only one time ever in NBA history in a do-or-die game had a guy make a buzzer beater that is, if he misses, his team's done. If he makes it, his team moves on. That's the Jordan iconic shot over Craig Elo. Even Kawhi's last year, that was a tie game. So if he missed it, they would have gone to overtime. Conley had a chance in this moment to make one of the most iconic shots ever, which would have made Jamal Murray's decision to pass and the missed layup there, one of the biggest <laughs> oh my God moments ever. And it just rolls out. Donovan's calling for the ball. I, and so the end of this game, Brandon, was bananas throughout this game though you just said inexperience what you saw was yeah a bubble non-bubble doesn't matter man game sevens hit a little different and guys were tight guys mm. were short on their shots i know mark <laughs> jones right. was saying guys were tired brandon i don't know if guys were tired i think guys were anxious guys were turning down open looks and missing shots they otherwise would make because it was a game seven and the Nuggets, who I think were the better team anyway, they end up prevailing by the thinnest of margins. No, Nick, guys was definitely tired. But I thought this whole series was sensational for two reasons. One, you just don't see guys coming back from 3-1. Hey, pack your bags. Yep. It's time to go. When, you, when, you, when you're in a series and you're down 3-1, it's over. But to your point, a dozen teams now have done it. Um, I want to start with the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell was phenomenal. Rudy Gobert was phenomenal. 
I thought that Donovan Mitchell didn't turn it on until the second half. It may have been a little too late, but when he turned it on, everyone around him took their game to a whole nother level. It shows the impact of a superstar. Jamal Murray, hats off. Great job, kid. But listen, he did not show up last night. It wasn't until the last two minutes of the game where he actually was involved, like to a point where yep. he made an impact. I thought Jokic carried this team. This is why he's the face of that team. And it really came down to one play. 27, 28 seconds left. Jokic in the paint, old school basketball, big on big. Yep. And he hits a shot that was defended. And I thought that was what star players are supposed to do. A lot of people are missing out on the biggest thing, though, the biggest storyline. Mike Malone, well-respected around the NBA. Guys love mm. playing for him. Who... This, guy, this guy's done a phenomenal job of getting his team here. So, Wiles, I don't know how you saw the game, but I thought it was sensational. I am a little worried about the Nuggets. They did seem tired, Nick. Oh, yeah, the Nuggets are cooked. And after after the game, Murray's like, when do we play to Scott Van Pelt? So I, I think the yeah. Clippers are going to roll and then before the Nuggets are able to wake up and be like, oh, we're in round two. Let's say let's wake up. Oh. Nick, <laughs> you know what I thought was weird was about this shocked? series? <laughs> it, no, I don't know. They're just going to be shocked. You know what I thought was weird? Sometimes performances are so awesome, mistakes don't matter. So there's a song uh, by Run DMC. It's called King of Rock. Nick, I think you were about four years old when this song was released. But you trust me, there's a song yeah. called King of Rock. And with the story goes, every jam that they would play, they'd actually break two needles. Uh, there's three of us, but we're not the Beatles. Problem is, there's four Beatles. Everybody knows it. The sound engineer knew it. The record executives <laughs> knew it. Everyone who ever heard the song knew it. And it doesn't matter. It's an obvious mistake and still an iconic line. It's still fantastic. That's how I view this series for the jazz. Game one, Donovan had a horrible mistake with the eight-second violation. They were up four with like yep. a minute yep. 39 left. Cost yep. them the game. Game five, they're up 15. Lost the game. Game seven, Donovan had nine turnovers and one in the last 10 seconds that you saw. And guess what? I don't care. I don't care. It's, it's still such a wonderful performance by Donovan. All that stuff's in, in the wash. When you look, he scored 254 points, most ever in a playoff series. Beat our buddy LeBron James. Beat Michael Jordan. Beat my buddy T-Mac. It's fantastic. So I know you're going to say, like, but Wilds, but Wilds. If LeBron did this, it would be, you know, buildings would be crumbling. No. I understand. But LeBron's on a different on a different trajectory. <laughs> of course. No. I, he, I, no Donovan Mitchell's I agree young. with you. I'm, I'm, I'm okay for... with it. I'm all for giving Donovan Mitchell his flowers this morning. Absolutely. I, but I also want to be fair real quick, Jenna, to Brandon's point about Jokic. Jokic is a guy that as late as the middle of last season, I was highly skeptical of because, I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm being totally honest, I'm skeptical of pro athletes that aren't in great shape. And he's never been a guy who's looked to be in great shape. He can barely jump three inches off the ground. And I've, and I've been critical of him because of that. And I've been concerned that at the end of seasons, is he going to wear down? The answer to that is no. It, it gave, they had two seven-game yeah. series last year. He was excellent in both Game 7s. You mentioned Jamal. Jamal was really bad in their Game 7 loss to Portland last season. He said he wanted to make up for it. He wasn't very good yesterday. But in a game where his team scored 80 points, 30 in the second half, Jokic had 30 himself. So I, I disagree with you guys on this front, Brandon. I, I think while I do think the Clippers will have a significant edge in Game 1 because of the fatigue, the Clippers don't have an answer for Jokic.
Ivica Zubac is not going, Rudy Gobert's defensive player of the year, and he can't stop this old slow-mo basketball. So I, I, I do think that is a spot where the Nuggets, Brandon, have a sizable edge. They, they have a sizable edge, but it really comes down to Murray. Can Murray continue on the sensational run? I mean, this sure. guy at the end, we've seen it. We saw his reaction when he, when, he, when he heard that he had to play on Thursday. This guy is tired. But I do believe Jokic can carry them. Jokic is the centerpiece to this next series. If Jokic can come in and defend the paint, and if he can get those buckets and, and just crush the, 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 the boards, they really have a chance. But they need to find a cold tub. They need to find recovery boots. And Brandon. they need to find their legs. Let me ask you this. You don't think, you played football. You know professional sports. You know how much weight momentum carries. You don't think yeah. momentum can trump fatigue when it's this big, the stage is this huge for these guys coming off what they just did? Going into that series with the Clippers? Jenna, it hits, it hits on both ends of the spectrum. You got to think about it. These guys, they're overperforming. Okay? They come into this series, they're down 3-1. So the mental strain to be able to tell yourself every single day, we're still in it. We're still in it. They, they talk yeah. themselves into this. And that's what champions do. So you can also argue that the mental strain from being down 3-1, this performance, it's emotional, and then also the, 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 they walked away, they protested, and then they had to restart, restart. So I think that they're mentally strain, uh, drained and also yeah. physical. So let's see what happens and in game one, but I, I really believe that the Clippers have the edge here. Listen, in my, in my pre-playoff bracket, which is still perfect, by the way, I had the Nuggets beating the Clippers <laughs> in round two. I'm going to stick with that. With that said... I expect the Clippers to win round one. I totally get Jenna's point about momentum, and it's a good point. But I do think, Jenna, there is a natural exhale when you have played. It's not just oh, they yeah. won a seven-game yeah. series. They've they, they faced elimination three nights, three games in a row. And so now you have a right. fresh, a clean slate. The Clippers have been able to prepare for either opponent. The Nuggets are not going to be able to prepare for the Clippers in game one at all. They won't step on the basketball sure. court tomorrow, today. They're going to rest all day today. So I, I think the Nuggets can and will beat the Clippers. But I think the Clippers are going to jump out one nothing because wow. I think it's a hard, wow. hard letdown. <laughs> I think that's that's your gutsiest pick. All right, Nuggets Clippers yep, game one set for tomorrow night. Let's talk some football on the other side. Are the Saints going to be without Alvin Kamara to start the season? We discuss next. But first, look who got mm. their Super Bowl rings. Today, the Chiefs are here in Miami trying to do something that has not been done in 50 years. The Chiefs trying to get the top spot in pro football. This is Super Bowl 54. Kansas City, you've got a champion! It's a beautiful trophy, and it really is a satisfying conclusion to the 100th season in the NFL than receiving this trophy. Hey, how about those the stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, 
speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com slash FTF right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash FTF, theragun.com slash FTF. You know his name, Tua. Now see the inspiring story of Alabama's quarterback sensation as he fights to overcome a potential career-ending injury while chasing his destiny to the NFL. Watch Tua Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on Fox. And speaking of Tua, Dolphins head coach Brian Flores says he's definitely healthy, but the hip injury he suffered is still, quote, part of the conversation for his week one status. Nick, what was your reaction to that? I, I get why he's saying it, and I understand Wild's point that Belichick never loses. That's their week one opponent to rookie quarterbacks. But Brandon, uh, Tua's starting week one for your former team. I would be shocked if that's not how it plays out, Brandon. Great. Absolutely not. Tua plays when Tua is 100% healthy. Flores is already talking about his concerns with him being out uh, only 10 months from his surgery. Number two, Tua plays when the Miami Dolphins are officially out of the playoff hunt. So that may not come until November. Oh, wow. Ryan Fitzpatrick wow. gives you the best opportunity to win. Listen, these players cannot afford to go another losing oh. season. Now, there's some people to buy into this whole, you know, let's pack it up and let's uh, go for the first round and first pick overall. Like, no, players and coaches don't do that because we know it's a short shelf life. We have two to three years to get the job done. So you go with Ryan Fitzpatrick for that very reason. Real quick, Brandon, just remind the audience, when you had your all-pro year with the Jets, I'm having a hard time remembering. Who was your quarterback? Ryan Fitzmagic, baby. Fitzmagic. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Fitzy I forgot just got real excited this morning. Fitzpatrick. I forgot. Fitzy loved that prediction from Brandon Marshall. All right, to the latest with Alvin Kamara now. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, it's been a busy couple of days for the three-time Pro Bowler. It was reported the running back's been absent at Saints camp since Friday. Then we heard the team was actually open to trading the 25-year-old running back. And now reports are Kamara will return to practice today as he and the Saints will try to iron out an extension. But Kamara's agent did say he never threatened to hold out or requested a trade. Gosh, this seems messy. Brandon, do the Saints need to do whatever it takes to make sure Alvin Kamara is on the field week one? Uh, yes. <laughs> There's a lot of people in the Saints organization think he's the best running back in the NFL. And when McCaffrey signed his deal, everybody was like, holy crap, this puts us in a tough spot. But Sean Payton, I said this a couple days ago, sometimes he gets in his own way, but I had an opportunity to sit with Coach Payton and cover Super Bowl 50. And I asked Coach, I said, Coach, what does it take to win a Super Bowl? He said, Brandon, let me tell you this, all right? 
There's a few teams that just hurt themselves. He said pretty much a lot of the teams hurt themselves outside of four teams that compete for a championship every year. He said, so the key is just eliminate the distractions and keep the main thing the main thing. Well, the main thing is number 41. So, coach, eliminate the distractions because your team is set up to really go for a title run. You have all the continuity in the world. You have the chemistry. These guys been together. They're familiar with each other. So get the job done. Nick, I don't know about you, but it, it, it scares me to think that the Saints made Taysom Hill more of a priority than they did Thank Alvin you. Kamara. That is, you, well, you nailed it. Listen, the Saints are in cap hell, and at some point soon, they're going to have to tear the whole thing down. But they're trying to stave off that day until Drew Brees retires. But they knew that when they decided that they were going to, a year early, give Taysom Hill $16 million guaranteed to extend him into 2021. Can we put up Taysom Hill compared to Alvin Kamara? Oh if you end up losing out, like, look at this. Look at this. This is, he, he, Kamara's a better returner. We know he's a better receiver. We know he's a better running back. And that, that thing in the yellow at the bottom, that's Taysom Hill's passing. It's not like he adds a lot in the passing game. <laughs> He's completed seven passes in his whole career. If you don't have the money to pay Alvin Kamara, this is this is somebody who's like, oh my God, I think my car's getting repossessed because I can't pay the note. And someone says, didn't you just buy a 30,000 gallon <laughs> yeah. aquarium? And it's like, yeah, but look at how fun it is to look at these fish. It's amazing. And it's like, yeah, but you're not going to be able to get to work. Like, what are you doing? And Wilds, I'm sorry for encroaching on your analogy department. I hope I did well there. But I, it I just, like that one. It, it, if you want to pay, <laughs> pay Taysom Hill because he's fun and he's cool and he's a gadget player, yeah. so be it. But if you do that at the uh. expense of being able to keep <laughs> one of the five best players on your team, you've, lo you've lost the plot there, New Orleans. Oh, God. I love Taysom Hill as a uh, sand shark swimming around in Nick's Aquarium. Perfect. <laughs> Look, I, I, I think there's a lot of consternation here, Brandon. I, I think this still gets done. I think there's a little bit of negotiating in the media. When you look at the market for running backs, look, McCaffrey's at 16, Zeke's at 15, Le'Veon's at 13. We've got uh, Derrick Henry's new deal is about Joe 12 and a half. That's basically where Kamara needs to be. Right now, because he was a third-round pick, he's making less than a million. He's like, like 964. So then the question is, he's, makes, he's the 72nd highest-paid running back in the league. If he was on special teams, he'd be number 60. He makes less money than 44 Saints. So if I'm his agent, I'm like, listen, we don't need McCaffrey money. We don't need Zeke money. But we also don't want to get paid like the punter. Just get us in around the Le'Veon, Derrick Henry, and we'll be happy. And if you want him to take a few punts, he'll do that. You want to take a few Doug Flutie pooch punts, hey, we'll add that in for free. But look, Tom Brady's coming in in 11 days, like you said. Keep the main thing the main thing. I think there's a lot of smoke here, but eventually it gets done. It, it, it has to get, get done. I talked about this yesterday. Everything runs through them. I was there for, for uh, a number three receiver, number four receiver, a tight end. Playing for the Saints is boring because literally the entire offense is where's 13 and where's 41. And then every yeah. once in a while we sprinkle in Taysom Hill just to keep defenses off balance. So you have to get this done. It only makes sense. I, I love their chemistry. I like even when they, when they let go of Ingram, I thought that was a mistake because Ingram 
was the, the guy that glued to the locker room. He was the guy that kept uh, such an intense environment because Coach Payton, he sets the tempo every single day with his preparation, and Ingram was the guy that kept it light because Drew Brees is the guy that's going to look in the mirror for 30 minutes and rock back and forth going through every single play, everything, every single scenario. So when you have Alvin Kamara... Yeah. And what he means to your team in that locker room, you have to get it done. And whilst you're right, he doesn't. I don't think he's the type of guy that needs to to, ha to be at the top. But he un he understands his value, and he shouldn't be paid that way. But this is a team that is they're unselfish and they're willing to take one for the team. And a few other things. Wilds, what didn't help the Saints yesterday was Joe Mixon getting four years, 48 yeah. million, same draft class, second round pick. Ooh. Mixon's a nice player. He's not Alvin Kamara. So if Mixon's in at 12, you got to think Kamara, even if he's not going to get to the 16 McCaffrey is, he's going to want at least 14, 15. And I understand that in general, paying running backs in today's NFL has not been a good investment. But you must evaluate it, Brandon, on a team-by-team -team basis. And so I'm going to use a, a messy cross-sport analogy. After the Heat had won a couple straight titles, they made what would have been a smart decision for most teams and moved on from Mike Miller. But it was a terrible decision for yeah. that team. That's right. Because your championship yes. window is right then and there. You have no guarantee what you're going to look like uh, the right. seasons two, three, and four following that. And that's where the Saints find themselves. You have, you have no idea if you're going to go back to being what the Saints franchise was forever, Brandon, before Drew Brees walked through that door, once Drew Brees walks out that door. And if you kneecap their ability to compete for another championship this season, I, I, to me, it would be indefensible from a franchise-building perspective, Brandon. Yeah, Nick, you're right. It seems like chemistry, continuity, uh, you know, understanding each other and perfect fit for my scheme, my team, my organization, what we're trying to do. It's, it isn't appreciated in pro sports anymore. It's all about, well, this is my team, my philosophy. You know, I'm a smart coach. You know, this is it's built around that. And I think we need to get back to understanding how guys work well together. So that was a perfect analogy talking about Mike Miller. Like sometimes it's just a perfect fit. But I will also challenge you here, Nick, is that he's not a running back. You, you, can, you just got to put athletes oh, next to his name. He does everything. He does everything. If good. anything, we need to consider him as a receiver. I saw this guy run Slot routes receiver. like he was Eddie, Eddie Royal. I saw him run routes like he was... You know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he has probably the second best hands on the team. He catches punts for you. He throws the ball in Wildcat. So, Wilds, you know, if you're a coach, what do you do? Where do you, where do you think the sweet spot is when, you, when it comes to this contract? I go and I take one of those huge checks that you see on game shows and write it out and give it to his, his agent and him and also a giant pair checks. of scissors to start the season. I cut a big ribbon. All right. <laughs> I love those All checks. Right. It looks like the dual threat Alvin Kamara should be full go for the Saints. Will Gronk be full go for the Bucks? And if so, what will that look like? We'll talk about it. But first, check out Tyreek Hill all geeked up over his Super Bowl bling. For a lot of us, our home is now more than just our home. It's also a gym, a bakery, and a barber shop. And if you're a business owner or a people manager, 
Home might also be where you do your hiring. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier because you can do it all from one convenient place. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. No matter where you're hiring from, ZipRecruiter does the work for you. How? Well, ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to identify the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you and you stand out from the competition. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, First Things First listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com approach. That's ZipRecruiter.com approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The uh, countdown continues now for Tom Brady and the Bucks. Just 11 days, guys, 11 days from his Tampa debut. It's a good one, too. Bucks taking on the Saints. That game on Fox. Head coach Bruce Arians hoping to have Rob Gronkowski ready to go for that one, saying the team will, quote, play by ear with Gronk's week one snap count. Brandon, what are your expectations for Rob Gronkowski after taking a year off? Hi. Hi. I really believe this guy is going to have a monster year. It's probably going to be his most efficient year. He's no longer the number one. Think about it. For the bulk of his career, he was Tom Brady's number one guy alongside of Edelman. Mm -hmm. Now he doesn't have to play that role. That is Chris Godwin. That's Mike Evans. So what you're going to see out of Gronk, is Gronk lining up in the slot, running down the seam, running out cuts, diagonals off of play action. He's a situational player now. It reminds me of when I left the Chicago Bears and went to the Jets. And everybody thought I was done. And guess what happened? I had my best year. Why? Because they put me in the best situation. They said, Brandon, on first down, we're throwing to you. Brandon, when you're one-on-one, we're throwing to you. Brandon, we get in the red zone, we're just going to throw it up to you. And that's exactly what they're going to do with Gronk. Third down, he's going to be a monster. He's going to run down the middle of the field. One high, he's getting the ball. Third down, he's going to run out cuts. Play action, he's going to run literally a diagonal across the field. And in the red zone, he's going to go from... To his 2018 campaign of only three touchdowns to probably 10 plus. So I'm expecting Gronk to have a monster wow. year, but he doesn't have to play 70 snaps to get it done. No. Go ahead, oh, Wild. Wow. Ben Stern. Am I? Am oh, I? Am, yeah. am back. Well, I, was, Nick, you know, am I, was, I, I got Are very you nervous. You're talking about you know what it is? Jenna, 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 you know what it is? Jenna, you know what it is? He said that Gronk and Tom is no longer in New England. That's the problem. So you don't want to be a part of this conversation. You don't want to be a... That's the problem. Come on, man. Show these guys love. Once a patriot, always a patriot. There is a part of that. I totally agree. That's why I like Joe Judge. There's one part of that my heart is broken. The other part of that is I'm still distracted that you told you said that you uh, almost proposed to someone in the football field and haven't told us a story. We'll get my to wife. it later in the show. I end, up, I end up proposing that in Hawaii, my first Pro Bowl, but I was okay. going to do it on the field. There you go. <laughs> okay. That's, that's there, we, got we got it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Are you as confident in Rob Gronkowski's success as Brandon is? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I am situationally. My buddy just bought an old truck. It's fantastic. It's big. 
It's fun, it's nostalgic, and he keeps it in the garage because it's going to break down. That's just like Gronkowski. All those things, but handle with care. And I know people are saying, like, no, Wilds, it'll just be like Jason Witten. Great tight end, goes to broadcasting, comes back, does a great job. Everything's rolling. Not true. Gronk and Jason Witten are two wildly different people. Jason Witten missed one game in 16 years. Gronk only played 16 games twice. Jason Witten, Mr. Consistency. Here's the receptions. Se I, that's what I'm saying. 73, 64, Gronk 77, 69, 63, 0, then back to 63. Here's Gronk's receptions, Brandon. 39, 82, 72, 25, 69, 47, 0. I say only break Gronk out in the red zone. Patriots loved Gronk in the red zone. All of a sudden he's gone. Like, man, we don't know what to do in the red zone anymore. We're terrible. Yeah, you know what? Because we don't have Gronk. So I don't know. I don't want him across the middle on these like, diagonal routes or whatever you're talking about. Well, Just you got to think him about the red this. Zone, you got to think about thing. Mike Evans. Go. Mike Evans can arguably be the best receiver in the league. He, he's efficient. Uh, he's smooth. He can run all the routes. He loves running the post. He loves running the go. He can run slant. He can beat you one-on-one. -on -one. He understands zone read. He knows how to sit in coverage. For that reason, Gronkowski, he doesn't have to deal with the pressure of people rolling to him, playing double, vicing him in a red zone. You can go back to the Jets days where you had two guys in a red zone in front of Gronk. This is going to be yep. the most efficient year ever because he has guys around him that's going to open it up. We had cornerbacks playing playing against uh, Gronkowski matched up against Gronk. We had safeties. Now he's going to have linebackers. He's going to have the number three, number four corner on him. Gronk is going to have his way with anybody they put in front of him because the guys that really can stop him are going to be covering Godwin and also Mike Evans. So, so here's my only concern, Brandon, because I, I, I agree with the red zone part. I think Rob Gronkowski is... If we want to continue Wild's car analogy, he's one of those cars you only drive on Sundays. It's a beautiful, yeah. classic car, but you only use it on certain days. And I, and if I'm the Bucks, I do think Gronk and Mike Evans as a red zone combo can be nearly unguardable. You have maybe the most physically imposing receiver in the league, 100%. arguably the most physically imposing tight end ever. Like it would, it's a, going to be, I think, a dominant red zone combination. But outside of the red zone, my question for you, Brandon, would be, what is Rob Gronkowski in 2020? Forget what he was in 2019, which was a wrestler. In 2018, he was a guy who had 600 yards, 47 catches. He was not a great player the last time we saw him. Now, he had great moments in the playoff so just game imagine, against the Chiefs just and imagine, in the Super Bowl. He could channel. It. Yeah, go ahead. He did, that, he did that as the number one threat. That's what he did. So for him to do that beat up mentally and physically, okay, with the number one D DB safety on him, just think about sure. what he's going to do now. Uh, this year off was awesome. This kid is still 31. At 31, 32, I was having my best years. So if he is mentally strong, then he's going to have a good year. There's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a physical specimen. Gronk can still run. Gronk, Gronk can still jump. He can still decelerate, decelerate. He can still catch the ball. So now you're taking a healthy Gronk mentally, which needs to be noted, noted and physically putting him in this offense with someone he's comfortable, Tom Brady, with monsters around him. There's three receivers, not just one. They also have a slot that's really effective as well. So I'm telling you, third down, situational football. 
Red zone, getting to inside okay. the 20-yard line, this is going to be the Gronk show because, Mike Evans, you have to double him. There's no, like, who are you going to double? So if you, you double Gronk, then now you have Mike you have Evans. You have, right. you have Evans, who's really a basketball player, and he hangs out by the rim. Rip, and Godwin's coming off the best year of his career, and even though it's been well documented, he's very upset with Brady for stealing his number from him. If they can get over that, <laughs> no, no, Godwin's going to get really good matchups. But no, it's well documented. It's well documented. Look it up. There's a lot of pewterreport.com on the box has a lot of stories on it. One name, Jenna, that hasn't been mentioned. O.J. Howard. Oh. This guy was a superstar at Alabama at tight yeah. end. He's been a good but not great. Hasn't anything quite lived up to his draft billing yet. I do wonder, is he odd man out, or do they run a lot of double tight end sets a la Gronk and Hernandez in New England half decade ago? And you wonder what Gronk will look like 589 days since Rob Gronkowski last took the field. Will that be rest or rust? We'll see. Uh, coming up, Marcus Smart almost hit the Antoine shimmy last night. Guess what? Antoine yeah. stops Ooh. by next to shimmy it up for us. First things first. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash future of work. He makes another one. He might have to break out the Walker shimmy. It's on the way. No good. Off the heel. <laughs> oh, that was Doris Burke <laughs> predicting a little Walker shimmy. And look who's joining us now, Mr. Shimmy himself, Antoine Walker. <laughs> Do it off a little bit, buddy. Give me a little song. We've got two groundbreakers on the show. The inventor of the shimmy, Antoine Walker, yeah. and the inventor of the jersey swap, Brandon Marshall. How about that? Brandon Marshall. Big just, show. I mean, big you show see them both us. across all sports now. It's a big deal. Big, big show for us today. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's stay with this game and talk about Antoine. We'll give you a chance to shimmy in just a little bit. Celtics Raptors game two. <laughs> Wilds, what time is it now, my friend? Dame time. It's not. It's Tatum time. Jason Tatum leading all scorers in this one with 34. Wilds needs a new watch. Marcus Smart had 16 of his 19 in the fourth quarter. Celtics take a Who? commanding, can we say it, 2-0 lead over the defending champion Raptors. Yeah. All right, Antoine, Nick gave the Celtics no chance for them to win the title. But after what you've seen so far in round two, do you think the Celtics have, let's call it a legitimate chance to go on a title run now? Well, I'm, gonna have to, I'm about to be honest. I, I had the Raptors winning this series, too. And I'm in, I'm in shock. I thought the Raptors, with their size, um, with the guys they had last year, um, the, the, and then the Celtics just had a lot of question marks. I think when you think about Kimball Walker not being, um, we didn't think he was going to be healthy, then Gordon Haywood being out. So I just thought the Raptors were going to have a better chance in this series. But, yes, I believe they can make a title run. Um, when you look at the teams that's left right now, and I know it's very early with, with Milwaukee and Miami, they match up well with them. And they got good chemistry right now. I like what they're playing at right now. I'm not saying that they don't need Gordon Haywood 
But you got two wings that are playing incredible. Campbell Walker seems to be healthy. Um, and then Jason Tatum, you got a closer. You got a guy who can finish games for you. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge part. A guy's very confident. He's, he's playing a, just like he left off before the pandemic. This is what we were talking about um, before the pandemic, the stoppage in basketball. He was on a run. Um, he was becoming a star. And he's continuing it through the bubble. So I do think it's important for a point of order to the audience. Notorious Celtics hater Antoine Walker picked the Raptors to beat him, while lifelong <laughs> Celtics supporter Nick Wright picked the Celtics to beat the Raptors. But it is true I said a couple things about them. One was that going into the year, I thought their defense was going to be abysmal. Kimba up front, in a scanner on the back end, I thought losing Al Horford. I was clearly, obviously, and egregiously wrong about that. This is an excellent defensive team. It's a great coach team. And Tatum is making, making that star turn. Now, can they go on a title run? Here's the problem, Brandon. There's two teams in the league I think they can't beat in a best of seven. The Lakers and the Bucks. Now, the Bucks might not be there. So can the Celtics make the finals? If the Heat beat the Bucks, sure. The Celtics absolutely can win this series. Series not over, but they can win this series. And they definitely can beat Miami. I don't think they match up well with Milwaukee, so I wouldn't like their chances against Milwaukee in a seven-game series if Milwaukee gets through Miami. But waiting on the other side of the bracket is going to be the Lakers. And so I don't think they can win a championship. I, I don't give them much of any chance to win a championship, but they don't have to win a championship for this to be a massively successful season. After you add the, the enormous disappointment of the Kyrie experiment, the following year, if you go deeper in the postseason, if you win the conference, which is yep. it can't be dismissed, and if Jason Tatum continues on this type of trajectory, Celtic fans, even though it won't end in a ring, would be, I would think, um, incredibly happy about their year, and I would imagine send me a lot of very, very gratuitous mean tweets. <laughs> Yeah, we need to get Cantor back on this uh, show, 100%. You didn't believe in Cantor. You didn't believe he can play defense. He showed you. That's true. Hey, Walk, That's listen, true. I'm a football guy, right? I spent 13 years in the NFL, mm. but I just came on the show December 3rd, and it was it, you can say it was an audition to get this seat. And the first thing I said was the Celtics will compete it's for true. a championship. So I, 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 I guess I, I need to move from NFL expert yourself, to maybe buddy. NBA expert. <laughs> 100%. And, and walk, like, I'll let you guys talk about the basketball stuff. But for me, uh, Nick, you already said it. There's a few things that jump out to why this team is so good. Number one, it starts with coaching. Number two, it starts with they have a few star players that could potentially move into superstar uh, in that superstar role. And then the last thing, they play defense. There's only like three or four teams in the NBA that really plays true defense night in and night out, and they're one of them. But let's slow down a little bit. Let's talk about Marcus Smart. Walk, help me with this one, because I played a little hoops growing up, and I used to go into the YMCA, and there was always that guy with the short shorts and the old-school Converse shoes, and we're like, yo, he self-check. Let him shoot the ball. Like, where did this come from? Marcus Smart, to yeah. me, is that guy you say, he's self-check. He's wide open. Nobody needs to guard this guy. And he just keeps knocking down three after three after three. Help me with this guy. Help me understand this. Well, I think when you look at a guy like Marcus Smart, he's dedicated himself. 
to, to get into the gym. He knew what his weakness was. And if he wanted to play more minutes and not just got be better. known as a, a defensive guy, you got to be able to shoot the basketball. And he's made himself into a decent three-point shooter. Do I believe he's going to make five threes in the quarter? No. He definitely won't make six and break my record. But I do believe he can. He's very really capable three-point shooter. Hold on. I, I do believe he's very capable. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's definitely a very capable three-point shooter last night. I don't think he's, you're going to see that, you know, like last night where he makes Facts. five or six. But Facts. You got to give him. You got to give him a lot of credit. That's a credit to him and him dedicating himself to the gym because he's made himself not only just one of the top defensive players, he's made himself a very capable three-point shooter. And it's a lot of guys. It kind of reminds me of um, Bruce Bowen. Remember when Bruce Bowen couldn't shoot early yeah. in his career, but yeah. also then he really yeah. made himself a really knockdown three-point shoot in the corner. That's 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 what he's starting to remind me of. Um, he's probably even better offensively than Bruce because he can handle the basketball. But you got to give him credit. He put the work in that, to get himself into being a, a, a decent three-point shooter. Go ahead, Wilds. Um, Antoine, we're going to edit out the part where you said you picked the Raptors and, and remake that so you picked the Celtics <laughs> since you have so much Celtics gear <laughs> in the background. It's totally fine for you to be just pick the Celtics blindly out of loyalty. You don't need to just go through the numbers and everything. And, Nick, I think it's far too early to start printing up the uh, championship banners. But if I was the Celtics, I would call up the banner guy, Brian from Cambridge, and be like, hey, What's your availability? Do you have enough green thread yeah, available? You got some big white letters. It's they starting to look really good. We saw the we we know the the way to beat the other teams, right? We just saw the Heat just handle Giannis, and the Bucks are like ah, we don't know what to do. Celtics look like a real team last night. We know that they're the only team with three guys to score 20 points a game. We got Jalen. We got Tatum's ascending. We got Kemba, who struggled yesterday and still hit you with the UConn step back. And even if you stop all yep. of them, what happens? Marcus out there doing his Antoine Walker impression. And I know people are saying, like, ah, that, that's an aberration. Oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you over the healing ankle of Gordon Hayward. So, Nick, <laughs> I wouldn't start sewing yet, but I, I would put in a big order well, for a lot of green thread. Listen, this Celtics team's a better team than I gave them credit for at the beginning of the year. So I picked them to go to the conference finals. I don't, though, think we should, Jenna, one small point. I don't think we should count the champs out just yet. Not only because it's only 2-0, oh, but also, and, and, and just to hold on, <laughs> hold on though, Here, here's the thing, Listen, what did we just see? Yeah? We just saw a team come back from 3-1 down. I, why did that happen? Was it part of it that you didn't have to win any road elimination games? Uh. We saw the Thunder look dead in the water, blown out in the first two games of that series. They've got a game seven tonight. I do wonder if in this bubble environment, a series lead, Jenna, is more precarious than in normal circumstances sure. because you're not going to be able to have, uh, you know, other, you're not going to have to go on the road to uh, stave off elimination. Can I, can I right, we're going to leave it there. Uh, 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 oh, okay. We, we got to take a break. Ran out of time for this segment. We are going to talk about this again. What would a Saints team without Alvin Kamara look like this season? Tell you why we're asking next. First things first. Sorry, Antoine, we censored you. That was uh, back here, and we welcome in Michael Vick talking about Alvin Kamara. Now been a busy couple of sure. days for the three-time Pro Bowler. It was reported the running back's been absent at Saints camp since Friday. Then we heard the team was actually open to trading the 25-year-old back. Now reports are Kamara will return to practice today as he and the Saints try to iron out an extension. Kamara's agent, by the way, says he never threatened to hold out. 
or requested a trade. Michael Vick, I'll start with you. Do the Saints need to do whatever it takes to make sure that Kamara's on that field week one? Absolutely. And I mean, whatever it takes. You see yesterday, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, signed Joe Mixon to a long-term extension. And, 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 you know, that goes without saying. So uh, if you look at it, Alvin Kamara has been just as productive, if not more productive, uh, than Joe Mixon. Uh, and, yep. you know, the thing with Alvin Kamara is, you know, yesterday I forgot to mention the, the screen game where he excels probably mm. um, as good as anybody in the league next to Christian McCaffrey That's right. and with his versatility. They're just extended handoffs. And keeping a defensive coordinator up all night takes away from what he can game plan for for the rest of the guys mm. that, that that's on the offense. So, you know, Kamara is such a big part of this offense that you have to get him signed. And I mean, you have to make sure that he's happy at least for the next couple of years. And like, you know, I was saying yesterday on the show, you know, Drew only has a certain amount of years. So it's imperative that this happens and it happens fast. Yeah, Mike, I, I agree. Uh, but I'm going to approach it on, you know, looking at both ends of the spectrum. Let's think about uh, Coach Sean Payton. I had an opportunity to cover Super Bowl 50 with Coach Payton. We're sitting on the sideline. I asked him, say, Coach, what does it take to win a Super Bowl? He said, Brandon, you know, most teams beat themselves. So you just got to get out your own way. And, and, and he said, second, he said, B, there's only four teams that really compete Every single year, it, it just comes down to those guys, you know, the likes of, uh, you know, the L.A. Rams was in it at that time, uh, you know, what well, they weren't in the uh, Super Bowl at that time, but they were on, they were upcoming. Um, and then you have yep. the Patriots. And he said, he said, B, you just got to get out your own way. And, and to me, they, Coach Payton and the Saints got to get out their own way because when you look at their path to the Super Bowl this year, uh, they, they may have the best chance because they have the continuity, they have the chemistry, they have the team. I mean, they, everything's intact. So they got to get this done. But if I'm Alvin Kamara, I continue to bet on myself. I continue to roll the dice. Obviously, something's worked, you know, for him to say, you know, I'm leaving camp. And now they're talking about they're close because as a running back, you know you only have one one chance to get that 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 big mega yeah, contract. contract as a wide receiver yeah. i got yeah. two or three a quarterback mike how many did you get right so at the running back position how it's devalued and how we approach that position you have to get that check when you can because there's no other opportunity for you after this well there is, so a couple things one is to your point brandon about the running backs let me put on my dad's old afl cio hat and stump again for running backs to form their own union break Have off from union. the nflpa right. you need your own running back cba like the rules Agreed. are so different the money's so different the draft slots it, it, the rookie salary scale screws these guys but that's a separate issue but mike i i can't people think i don't like Taysom hill okay i don't dislike Taysom hill you know. I just acknowledge what Taysom Hill is. A fun gadget guy who would be an asset to any team in the league, but not some type of dynamic difference maker. And I'm curious, if you're in the locker room, forget Alvin Kamara, and Kamara, one of your five best players on the team, isn't there. He's made, he's a third round pick, never really gotten paid, even though in 2017, he might've been the best player on your whole roster. And you look around and you say, you guys found 16 million dollars for a guy who's got 600 yards from scrimmage in his career and now our our star kind of dual threat running back 
it ain't here. Yeah. There's is reports in the media. What it, Mike? What's the trickle down effect in the locker room when they see who is getting prioritized and who isn't getting prioritized? Yeah, I guarantee you this. Alvin Kamara is looking at his carries per game, which may be between 16 and 20, and seeing how many times yeah. Taysom Hill is rushing the football and saying those carries can be my carries. And, you know, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to play running back. I'm here to run the football and carry the load. I'm not being given that opportunity. And then you look at Taysom Hill, and, and he has been productive. Can't take that away from him. But Alvin can carry the same load. So they carved out money for... Taysom and Alvin's looking like, you know, that was my workload. So it's only natural for him to react that way and demand that he get paid right now. And Wilds, I'm not, listen, I'm again, I'm not trying to pick on Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's like, man, I got my contract eight months ago. Why are y'all killing me? But it's just, when you look at the numbers <laughs> and when you, when you put them side by side, and I know folks will say, well, Taysom Hill's also a quarterback. I mean, is he really? I do think the Saints signed a backup quarterback this offseason. His name's Jameis Winston. Like, Taysom Hill has completed seven more passes in his NFL career than you, Wilds. Like, so I do think it's fair to wonder about where they are spending their money and their prioritization. My God, I always got to watch this one great pass. He's had one great pass in his career. They always show it to make me look like an idiot. That's the one long pass he's ever completed. Whenever I'm like, Taysom Hill can't throw, it's the same two passes against the Vikings. That one didn't, I mean, it's unbelievable. But go ahead. Sorry, Wilds. No, but but Brandon, I, I'll, I'll I've every time I've been around athletes and I, I've I've completed you know zero NFL passes with seven less than Taysom Hill. I, I always <laughs> thought it was interesting that I I don't know stories of guys begrudging other guys in the locker room getting paid. Do you think that's the case with Taysom no, Hill, or just ha or I've no. just felt like there's more no, of a camaraderie no. of like, hey, you got paid, good for you. That wasn't necessarily my money. Does yeah, that make no, sense? No, no, that's not the case for. Yeah, it makes sense. And for the most part, guys uh, let guys handle their business. You only see a, a handful of guys really stand up and actually help a guy get a contract. I actually think we need to do more of jumping in each, into each other's business. Like if I have a teammate that I know I need to count on, that, I'm, that I need th to be there on Sunday, it should be my responsibility, my job, to go to the head coach, to go to general manager and say, we need this guy. Let's get this done. So Breeze should do that? We saw this trickle-down effect in New Mike, what do you think? I think so. I mean, when I was the first player ever to hold out for another player, and I think it should happen more. Ryan Fitzpatrick just came off a magical year in New York, and then the team didn't want to give him $12 million. He performed as a top-five quarterback. So what did Eric Decker and I do, Mike? We said, we're not coming to you pay her guy. I think more players should do that. Absolutely. Wow. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Brandon. And while I was to answer your question, when you said, should Breeze do that? Yes. Um, because there was times where I went to Andy and said, Coach, we got to get Deshaun signed, you know, for whatever reason. And, you know, when you look around that locker room and you look at your brothers and you look at the accountability and then you see a guy who's not happy because he's been productive and he feel like he deserved a couple of extra dollars, you know, most times... It's a real situation going on. And, you know, we all pull for each other. We want the best for each other. We watch each other grind and work hard each and every day, and we do it together. And that takes precedence. So we all pull for one another, and, and there's no hatred involved at all.
All right, we got 11 days until we so, see hey, the Saints hey, Jenna, on the field, hopefully Jenna, with Kamara and the Bucks. Yeah, what's up, Brandon? Oh, my I'll friend. I'll hold out for you. I love oh, Jenna, you already. Jenna got paid. Jenna's, Jenna's got paid what? a no, bunch of Jenna, times. No, Jenna Come didn't get me. paid. Please, uh, Wilds. Please, please. Wilds, check it out, buddy. He took all the numbers <laughs> off their jerseys. He taped tennis balls to their hands. Now he's diving in mud. It's the summer of Judge. That's next. But first, <laughs> Chiefs receiver McCoy Hartman for Jenna. fumble of I'm all fumble. I love you, Brandon. to talk Game 7 Jazz Nuggets last night. Oh. Crazy last 10 seconds, Tuan. Utah with a chance at the end, but they came up short. A brilliant oh. series, a brilliant performance out of Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. Oh, no, right, not right at that second. In the end, Denver would prevail. 80-78 to 78 was your final last night. Nuggets mm. now face the Clippers in round two tomorrow night. Antoine, how impressive were the Denver Nuggets fighting back, coming back in this series? I was very impressed. I thought um, to be down 3-1, to stay focused, to stay poised, um, to get back into this series and give yourself a chance to win was incredible. This is a team that played in two seven-game um, series last year, so they they could they were yep. ready. It can handle the seven-game pressure. You gotta you gotta remember that that they had those those type of complications last year. But I thought to get Gary Harris back, I thought he was huge last night. That may not show up in the stat sheet. He the one tapped the ball away from Donovan Mitchell at the end. But now you get him back healthy um, to add to that backcourt. I thought Mike Malone did a terrific job of uh, mixing up his lineup. This was a tough series for Michael Porter Jr. to play in. He had to go with more of a defensive yep. unit. So he, went with, so he went with Jared Grant a lot more. So you got to give Mike Malone a lot of credit. But great series. Uh, the team's matched up really well. You got to give Utah a lot of credit. Uh, being without one of their star players and to be able to compete the way they did. Donovan Mitchell, obviously a, a monster series. But Jamal Murray made a name for himself. He's starting to show, it's kind of what we're talking about with Tatum. He's starting to show that he can be that star uh, to take it to that next level. He's getting paid that type of money. And he may not make an all-star team next year, Nick and Brent. He may not, but he's that mm. good offensive, offensively. So I don't, um, kudos to the Nuggets. This is a great comeback. you got to get those guys a lot of credit to come back 3-1 and win this series. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Nick. You know, uh, but Walk, I, I disagree with you. Jamal Murray, I, I mean, I read mm -hmm. something. I'm like, who is this guy, right? Like, everybody's scrambling. Like, where is this? Like, they know who he is. You know, he was talked about four years ago. But for him to do this on this stage, like, it, it caught a lot of people by surprise. I read an article where they did a, a, a list of the 25 players under 25. And he, would, he came in at, like, 20. So when you say you think, uh, you know, when we talk about stars born, I don't know, man, because last night was one of those moments where I felt like he didn't rise to the occasion. So to me, it's easy to come in and have one, two, three, four games that is really good. But can you consistently do it and can you do it in a big moment? And last night, I mean, he didn't really show up and impose his will until the last two minutes in the fourth quarter. He was tired. He didn't guard. He didn't guard uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell guarded him in the clutch moment up until the last two two minutes. But to me, 
I think you guys are jumping the gun on Jamal Murray. Well, I don't think we're jumping the gun on him. I think when you really think about the body of work, the three games, the three game span that he had when they went down three one was was epic. Um, you don't. Yeah. A lot of guys are not capable of putting those type of games together. I thought he made key plays last night. No, did he shoot the basketball well? No, not last. Night. I think he was like six for twenty last night. Um, but he made the key plays that was there. I only play. Only thing that bothered me about Jamal Murray this whole series, the fact that he pushed the ball on the break and tried to get a layup at the end. You that guys was, just yeah, hold that, that ball out and get fouled. Uh, yeah. yeah, besides that. When you're yeah. a 90% besides, free throw with, shooter, that that almost blew the whole thing, Juan. Now, yeah. so so listen, and, I want to I, I want to support Jamal in this regard, Antoine. Games five and six are elimination games for them. He scores 92 points coming off combined, coming off a 50-point game and a game four loss to put them in this spot. Now, to Brandon's point, he had a bad game seven last year to end their season against Portland, said he wanted to bounce back from it, didn't. And if Conley hits that shot, we're talking about an all-time gaffe by Jamal right. Murray to not just pull that ball up. So he's very fortunate in that spot. But there's, there's a couple, and one other small point on Jamal Murray. Brandon, you should know this. Just like you have a Blake Bortles jersey Kentucky because guys. you love UCF guys. Where did Jamal Murray go to college? Kentucky. Where did Antoine Kentucky. Walker win a national championship? <laughs> Kentucky. So oh, there's always going to be is. a little. Okay. Just, there's like a 10% inflation rate for all Kentucky players yeah. in the league. Just know that. Okay. But now, like Devin Booker, Jamal Murray, like what are we going to do? But it's neither here nor there. The, the, so when we're talking about 3-1 comebacks, right? So like if what the Cavs did to the Warriors is a 99 out of 100, and the Heat, when they had 3-1 comeback over the Knicks because the late, great David Stern suspended all the Knicks players for walking off the bench, if that's like a 2 out of 100, this is a, a solid 55 like, because you do have to incorporate, they didn't have to win any elimination games on the road. I do wonder if you had to play a game six in Utah with your season on the line, how different this series potentially is. But that is the bubble today. The, the one thing to me, Wilds, that we, where we have to give credit in a game where everyone was tight, everyone seemed to have the game seven uh, kind of short arming, Jokic once again. He was excellent in Game 7 in Round 1 last year against the Spurs. He was excellent in a loss in Game 7 last year in Round 2 against the Blazers. And 30 points in this year's playoffs doesn't sound like a lot, but 30 points when your team scores 80, that's like a 50-point game. That's right. And he had the great play at the end of the game on defensive two-time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, yep. getting that kind of little, little kind of baby hook shot that ended up being the game-winning basket. So Jokic, who I've been a critic of because he he can't he, he there's a zero percent chance he can get as high off the ground as Jenna does doing her burpees uh, throughout an NBA game. He, I mean, he was wild. He was outstanding last night. He was outstanding last night. He was. Yeah, I, wanna, I also want to give some love to Donovan. And Donovan had had a few gaffes in this series, but I think Twan, he played so great, I'm just kind of erasing them from my memory. Like, granted, he had the eight-second <laughs> violation, and then last night he had nine turnovers. He had a brutal one at the end of the game. But look, most points in a first-round series, Donovan is now number one. And when we look at average scoring, there's a whole lot of Michael Jordan and then some Donovan Mitchell. Yep. So we, we saw a historic performance from Donovan. After the game, he was exhausted, but he reminded me a little of Kobe. He was like, I want to play right now. 
this is just the beginning. So I was very impressed with Donovan. But to spin it forward, Tuan, the other person after the game, Jamal Murray, is like was shocked that they have to play on Thursday. Do you think that there's enough momentum that they can ride um, to play the Clippers, or do you think they're just going to be totally pooped and not be able to show up? Well, that's that's one of the reasons why I believe the Clippers are going to um, win this series is because they, obviously the energy that they had to put in to beat Utah and then the mindset when you you should be one to get if you have a championship aspirations those type of comments don't come out your mouth and I know it's right after the game so I'm not going to put too much on it but my whole mindset is that we're going to the next round and you're excited because you, you you're trying to advance and continue to try to win a title so I think with that type of mindset I already defeat you okay we made it to the second round like your, your, your season's over with and you accomplished something now you got to get oh. to the second round. You're going against a championship quality team and the Clippers that's going to be waiting on you. And the Clippers are, are itching to get back on the court. They did not have a great first-round series. So they want to come out and, and get back to playing good basketball themselves. So I do agree. I do think they are going to be gassed probably the first couple games, and that could hurt them. I don't think they can afford to go down too well to the Clippers and think they have a shot to win oh. this series. I agree they can't go down 2-0, Antoine. I, I, listen, I picked the Nuggets to beat the Clippers before the playoffs. I'm going to stick with it. I don't think they're going to be able to beat wow. the Clippers in round in game one. I, the, I do think that Jamal was just surprised by the scheduling. And I, think, I don't think yeah. Jamal was thinking they have accomplished what they came to accomplish. I think Jamal thought he was going to have two days to be ready, which, by the way, Brandon, I know you think the Clippers are going to dispatch the Nuggets quickly, but maybe Jamal was thinking he needed those two days because he's got to do a little, like, sparring training, kind of boxing yeah. stuff to get ready for, I would imagine Marcus Morris is going to okay. change his focus from trying to injure Luka <laughs> to now Jamal Murray. Like, I don't know if you can injure Jokic. He's got a little kind of, like, self-padding. So I feel like Marcus <laughs> Morris is going to zero he in on Jamal Murray in this next round. He and so so I mean, so I, maybe that's Jenna. Maybe that's why Jamal was you surprised. Like, damn, I'm gonna have to do no, this. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good matchup if this is the real deal. It's, okay. a, it's a good matchup if Jamal, if Jamal Murray's the real deal. Game one set for Thursday night, round two. Talk about it some more. Hey, question: Is Gronk gonna be the Gronk of old when he takes the field for the Buccaneers? Also, the Buccaneers. That's next. This is first things first. <laughs> yes. Oh, Jenna, that's fine. Yes. I like I like Buccaneers. That's better. Back this morning talking about what turned out to be an incredible end to an incredible series between the Jazz and Nuggets. Denver pulling mm. out the win last night, Game 7, overcoming a 3-1 deficit to take the series. So the Clippers are now waiting for them in Round 2. That series gets underway Thursday night. Nick, let's talk Round 2. What chance do you give the Nuggets yep. to upset the Clippers? Oh, great chance. I think they will. I, I think the Nuggets are, oh. present a really, really interesting matchup for the Clippers. Mm. And there are, everybody knows, listen, Jamal's got to continue to play excellent. And Jamal Murray, just in that series, uh, in clutch time, like the stats that Brandon had talked about, how unbelievable Chris Paul has been all year in that series, he was like 70% from the field with no turnovers in clutch yep. time in that series. Even in a game like last night, where he struggled for the first 46 minutes, in clutch time, he was outstanding until he, you know, kind of lost his mind okay. a little bit and didn't he just was dribble okay. the ball out. It wasn't well, outstanding. I mean, he made, he he made okay. good plays. He made, he, made some, he made the one mistake at the end that didn't cost him. But Jamal's obviously got to continue to be really good. 
but I think he can be really good. Like, do we know if Patrick Beverly's healthy? Do we know if he's going to play? If not, Lou Williams is going to play a starring role for the Clippers, and if Lou Williams on the court, Jamal Murray is going to hunt him down. We know that the Clippers, you know, at times excellent defense is excellent because of what it does to great wing players, even though they couldn't stop Luka. Well, Nikola Jokic presents a really interesting problem for them. Like, are they going, you can't ask Marcus Morris or Paul George to guard Nikola. So you're going to have to play lineups with the center, which is the weakest spot on your roster and the one spot you didn't address. Yep. To me, a real big question for the Nuggets is this. Can Michael Porter Jr. be playable? Because he was excellent in the seeding games, and then in this series, because he was such a liability defensively, he really couldn't get on the court in any meaningful minutes. Michael Porter Jr. adds some scoring punch to them if he can be playable. If not, it's Jerry and Grant, and Jerry and Grant's going to have to be great both ways because he'll be the one guarding Kawhi or Paul George to go along with being relied on for some scoring. But I picked the Nuggets before the playoffs began to go to the Western Conference Finals. I'm not going to change it now. I, I think, Brandon, they're you exhausted, can. so I don't know how they'll look in game one. I know I can, but I don't want to. I think Jokic presents a really big problem for <laughs> the Clippers smart. in this coming you're round. You're a smart here. guy. You, Nick, you're, you're a smart guy. It's okay. You can do uh -huh. it. In front of, the, in front of America, yeah. you can change. In front of God and everybody. Oh, yeah. I can't. I would. I would if you, I felt that way. You don't, you don't, I don't feel that way. Why would I change? Clips and six. Why would I change? Wilds, clips, clips and six. Clips and six. Clips and six because of what you ended with. This guy, Jamal Murray, is tired. And, and, I, and I was one of those guys, I think I even made the comment that said, and, and said, you know, a star is born. I'm not so, so sure because he didn't show up last night. He didn't rise to the occasion. He was tired. He didn't guard wow. uh, Mitchell in the clutch moments. He didn't show up until the last two minutes of the game, and it, and it was just okay. So I'm concerned there. And then when you start diving a little deeper, you know, this guy's been in the league for four years. They, did a, they had a, a list of, uh, of players, 25 under 25. And they talked about who uh, 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 or is good and who isn't. This guy was at the bottom of that list. So then when you look at... His entire history, his entire career, he hasn't done anything really phenomenal. Now, I don't want to come off as a hater. People will probably crush me for saying this, but I'm using this. Him not being in the top 10 of 25 guys under 25, him only scoring the ball 17 times in four games in four years, and that came in this series, to say this, slow down. Let's slow you down on the Jamal You think he played over his skis. Brandon, what you're saying is you think he played over his skis. You think he's a good player who more. played like a great player for a week, and you don't think he can do that against the Clippers. Is that right? Think is, about I mean, this. Do, do I have that right? Wow, 100%. 100%. Wow. Think about this. The series that he just had, right? We're talking about 50-point games, 40-point games. He's done that four times in four years, and that happened all in the span of 10 days. So all I'm saying is how he ended this series and how he's going into the next tired, it makes me wonder if he's going to have enough to beat the Clippers. Okay. Here, here, here's my take. And unfortunately, well, it's good for the show. It's bad for me. Nick's takes have been excellent. Hey, I, are you still perfect, Nick? My, my poor Blazers, you said yeah. gentlemen sweep. Yeah. And this reminds me a lot of the Blazers. Yeah. Blazers were super hot, but it Clippers felt like they six, won Rockets something. Rockets in seven. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've yeah, been go good. Ahead, you've been go good, ahead. I admit it. 
But this feels a little <laughs> bit like the Blazers, where it felt like the Blazers had won something, and then you go and play the Lakers, and they're gassed. So we know that they're gassed. Jamal was, like, surprised that he had to play on Thursday. He had 221 they points. He's the fifth right most after the of game. all time. Well, still, that's what they do. You know, it's okay. Fifth most of all time. No I don't excuse, think he Jenna. can get better, Nick, if he had 221 points. And the end of the game, you can say it's a brain fart, or you can say it shows that they don't have the you know, necessary leadership or experience to get it done. We know that's not going to happen to Kawhi. If that was the end of the game, Kawhi would have situational awareness. Be like, ah, I got it. So well, between those three one, things, one I, I don't feel good about your Nuggets pick. I got it. Go Just ahead, one Nick. very small note as far as did, do the Nuggets feel like, you know, we've arrived. Last year, yeah. Nikola Jokic and company in their first playoffs together play a game, a seven-game series against San Antonio, win it, and then go to the very next series against Portland and play another seven, including a six-overtime game. Now, they did run out of gas by the seventh game of that Portland series, but that's with oh, travel a trend. and running a lot out of, of gas other things. Is a trend. So, so, well, so, so my point out of gas is, is, a trend, I don't think, is what you're saying. No, no, no I... No, what, what I'm saying, I understand that point. What I'm saying, Jenna, is I don't think a team that got to a seventh game in round two last year looks to getting to the second round of the playoffs this year as we've done what we came here for. As having I made think their plan all exactly. year was to go around further at least. In order to do that, they're going to have to beat the Clippers. I also wouldn't underestimate how much momentum can factor in. Let's finish up this morning in New Orleans, where Alvin Kamara has reportedly been MIA the last few days. The thinking that the three-time Pro Bowler is holding out, awaiting a new contract. Last night, we heard reports that the Saints would consider trading Kamara. This morning, another report that the two sides will try to iron out an extension in the next couple of days. Nick, do the Saints need to do whatever it takes to make sure Kamara's on the field week one versus the Bucks? Yeah. Yes, and here's why. They have put years' worth of eggs into this basket. I'm going to use an awkward analogy to wrap the show, Brandon. They, they, there's an old movie, The Bucket oh, List. Uh, Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman, they, they both find out they have uh, terminal diagnoses. And so they end up, you know, basically saying, you know what, screw everything. We're going to go live our life the best as we can for the next year. But then one of the two ends up getting cured. And it kind of puts him in a bad spot. And it's like, well, I've kind of done a lot of things that anticipating I wasn't going to have to face the consequences. The Saints three years ago started operating like Breeze is walking away at the end of this year. So let's borrow yeah. from next season. And the Breeze is like, I'm back. And so they borrow from next season again. And Breeze is like, let's run it back one more time. And now they are already $70 million over the cap for next season, Brandon. I say all that wow. to say this. Wow. You're, you're, you're screwed financially whether you pay Kamara or not. So you can't afford to not have him there if this is going to be your last best chance to win a title, Brandon, before Drew Brees walks away and you have to tear the whole thing down anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. How much are we willing to pay for a Super Bowl, right? Like, that's the hardest thing in the world to do. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to, 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 to have that moment. I didn't accomplish that. Everyone thinks about what are they going to do when a clock hits zero and you're in the Super Bowl and you win it, right? So you got an opportunity to do this, and you can, you can probably argue that this is probably the easiest path to that moment because of everyone dealing with two things, the opponent and COVID. And when you look at how this team is built up from a continuity standpoint, a chemistry standpoint, a people standpoint, like operationally, they're sound. 
Like, and, and everything runs through 41 and 13. We talked about this yesterday. So you have to get this done. So if I'm Coach Payton, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, Coach. The same thing you told me a couple years ago, Super Bowl 50. Don't beat yourself. A lot of teams beat themselves, right? You have an opportunity to keep your guys together, find a way to get it done. Now, on the flip side of that, if I'm Alvin Kamara and understanding that I'm a running back and that we're devalued and how the NFL approaches it, I am doubling down on that thinking that I need to get paid now. Because a running back, you get one opportunity. As a wide receiver, you get a, you get two or three opportunities. Larry Fitzgerald, hell, we just talked about him. He's 37. He got five opportunities to go back to the table. Quarterbacks <laughs> get four to five opportunities. Running backs, you get one. So if I'm Alvin Kamara, I have to get paid now. Now, do I get paid $16 million? Uh, like McCaffrey, 15? No, you go $14 million and you get it done and you're happy. Wilds? Look, at the market is McCaffrey's at 16. Even Derrick Henry just signed his new deal. He's at 12 and a half. Kamara is not even close to these guys. He's not even close to uh, like a highly played player on the Saints. There's 44 Saints making more than him. There's 60 special team guys, and there's 72 running backs making more than him. I think this deal gets done this week, if not today. Ooh. All right, we got a minute left in the show, guys. Mm. Let's play a little Take Your Pick. Thunder, Rockets, Game 7 tonight. Whoa. Simple. Who you got? Brandon, you're up first. It's not simple. It's not simple. But, hey, we talked about the clutch moment. No team has been better than the Thunder, so I'm going with the Thunder. Wow. Nick, I think it's a career-defining moment for Chris Paul. Rockets go home and the franchise blows up. This is it's not a career-defining moment for Chris Paul. It could be a career-defining moment for Harden if they blow it, but they won't. You That's mentioned true. Wilds. The bracket, my bracket remains perfect. Not only do the Rockets win, Jenna, it's not close. The Rockets win by oh, 13 points tonight. Harden scores Very 37. Specific. I wish we had more time Thunder, to discuss game this. Game 7 tonight. We got to go. Have a great day. Stay safe, everyone. See you tomorrow.